Hello, and welcome to this very special episode of Transformations. My name is Nick Bank, and today with me, I have a very special guest all the way from the US. Uh, given that I've recorded with people uh, all over the world, this is a special person, and this is a special episode. And uh, the reason why I'm doing this episode is not just because it is uh, May and because it's Mental Health Awareness Month, but also that recently I found a need to learn a lot more about anxiety than I had originally planned, originally thought, or even thought that I would ever want to know about anxiety. So it so happened that uh, my guest and I, we have a common acquaintance, and this is a really long story, I'm not going to go into it now, but um, I, shall we say, learned about uh, my guest's podcast, which is called The Just A Mom Podcast, and I promised myself that I would say that at least 10 times in this recording, um, because I think it's very important and it's very relevant for this uh, day and age. So with that, I would like to welcome my guest. Hello, Susie. Hello, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. And great to see you on the podcast. Uh, the listeners can't see this, but we are recording on video. Uh, yes. I'm sitting here in Copenhagen. And where are you sitting today? I am sitting in Leewood, Kansas, which is a suburb of Kansas City. Oh, wow. States. So, yes. Isn't technology amazing that we mm-hmm. can be with this? It is. It is. Uh, you know, uh, Susie, I uh, I learned about you uh, and your podcast from a, from a common friend. Uh, um, I... Um, so we say, was well, okay, how do I say this? When I first learned about your podcast, of course it was the name, The Just A Mom Podcast. And um, when, when when I first heard about it, I thought, okay, so, so what does that mean? What does that mean, The Just A Mom Podcast? But can you tell the listeners a little bit about what your, what's the focus of your podcast and the theme? Sure, you bet. So the Just a Mom name came up because I am not a mental health expert. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a mom. And I'm a mom who has a child who struggles with anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation. And this podcast is a result of a lot of my experiences parenting this child. And what the Just a Mom podcast does is we try to put stories out there of other parents who have walked similar journeys with all kinds of issues, mental health issues, substance abuse, that type of thing. And I also, in the last season, season two, realized that parents don't have enough information. Pretty much every parent to date that I have interviewed has said, I did not know what to do and I didn't know who to call when my child had a crisis. At that point, I had a light bulb moment and thought, ah, we've got to start incorporating some more resources. So season two and then now season three, which starts in a couple of weeks, has a lot more mental health resources in terms of mental health experts, organizations, to get information out to help people know if and when because many, many of us will deal with this at some point in our lives. If and when there is a crisis, this is something that I can do. And maybe, just maybe, by interviewing some of these experts, some parents might even be able to avoid the crisis moment. That's another hope. Yeah. 
And and I remember hearing in one of the first episodes that, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you say that your your goal is that if you can help just one person, it it would all have been worth it for you. Is that is that correctly understood? Absolutely, because when I was walking through this journey, when our son Will was at his lowest point, and this was all new and fresh for us, and this was about six years ago, it was the loneliest, most isolated I have ever felt in my life. And some of that was by my own doing because I didn't talk about it. And so I really want other people who are walking through a difficult time to know that they are not alone and there is hope. And if that's just one person, that episode that resonates with the situation that they're in, then mission is accomplished. Yeah, yes. And uh, I must say, when I started listening to uh, to, to your podcast series, uh, I, I told you this just before we we started rec- recording. I can I, I I know some people that binge watch TV, and uh, some even do podcast binge watching or listening. I guess uh, I think I can do one episode uh, per day, and uh, I don't know whether I'm I'm, I'm not uh, I'm too sensitive or what, but it's it's really heavy stuff that you are that you are dealing with. And um, I was very surprised. So your first episode interviewed Will, the next two episodes having very frank discussions with your husband. Uh, I, uh, and, and then you go on to interview uh, uh, other persons um, and, uh, and, and, and parents. Um, how did this idea come about to so we say step outside the home and and bring other people into to interview that's a really good question and i will say that this idea started probably four or so years ago and it's it took me a while to decide that i was going to put myself out there because as you probably know i've been in the background for a long time and i've gotten pretty darn comfortable there you know being just a mom and so when this idea first came up it was after I did a video for a local teen suicide prevention organization here in our Kansas City area and a few months after I recorded the video my husband said hey uh, I'm on Facebook right now and this video has been seen 10,000 times you've got to do something with that and so you know, we started thinking about it, talking about what was it that resonated with people in in the video. And what we realized was that people still really are not talking about mental health in terms of, you know, parents, our generation, I'm three. And that the way I was raised, we did not talk about mental health. And so that's kind of what I feel like most of our generation has done as well. And so we've got to start talking about this and when i put some things out there on that video parents were like yeah i felt that too i understand that that resonates with me so we started talking about what do we do with this how do we use our painful situation and the things that we've learned through it to help other people and I have a journalism background. Again, it's been a long time, so dusting off some of those old skills. Um, we decided to, on a podcast because 
We love that podcasts are accessible. They're free. You don't have to pay to, to listen to a podcast. You know, you can listen to podcasts all the time in terms of in a car, you know, when you're exercising, when you're doing chores around the house. So it's just an easy thing to plug in while you're doing something else. And I'm big into multitasking. So, um, and there's just such power in stories. And I love the name of your podcast, The Transformations, because I do think that stories are, can be very transformational. And so the podcast medium lends itself, in my opinion, to a really great way to communicate stories. Yes. I, and I completely agree. And, and, and it can, the format can be used in, in, in many ways. Uh, also, uh, as we said, with technology, it's, it's super easy like we're doing now. I was, I was thinking, uh, when thinking back to some of the specific episodes, you talk about uh, from the perspective of, of the parent. And you talk about, and obviously you also interview uh, the kids themselves, but you talk about from the perspective of the, the parent or the, the caretaker, the caregiver in that sense. How, you know, how do you think that changed the perspective for, for, for you? Because you actually relatively quickly get into not just talking about the, the, the disease of, of the young ones, but actually also about a lot of the shame and the anxieties that are that are for for the rest of us that are that, that's out there. How did you know how did how did that appear? Uh, I'm I'm sure when you started in your podcast, maybe you had a a manuscript, I don't know. Um, but was was this a theme that, that that came out and did it surprise you or did it, did you know that it was there? Meaning dealing with like the stigma associated with yeah. mental illness. You know, yeah. that's something that um, kind of, again, has grown since we started this. That, yeah, that's something that we want to do is help knock down some of the stigma that's associated talking about mental illness and mental health. When we get to the point as a society, as a human race, where we talk about mental health in the same way we talk about physical health, I think then we will have arrived. We're a long way from that at this point. But again, if I can just help affect that in a small way with one or two people, then we've we've accomplished what we wanted to do. Yeah. And what has, what has been the response to you, you know, Ju as just a mom, but also when you were out and about, how are, are people seeing you differently? Did they know that you have this skill? What has changed for you? So that's a great question. And the I have been so encouraged, and people have been truly wonderful and lovely in their encouragement of me and. Um, People have reached out to let me know that the podcast has meant something to them or a particular episode they really connected with the, a story being shared or they learned something that they didn't know from one of the mental health experts. So that has really, really spurred me on to want to continue to do this because it is helping people. And the reason I laughed was because I was somewhere a few months ago and it was a volunteer thing and I was a greeter at the door when people would walk in and 
someone for the first time said, oh, I recognize your voice because I've listened to your podcast. And you back for a second. And then someone else told me that my voice was soothing. And I thought that was hilarious because in 35 years, my husband, Dan, has never once told me I had a smooth <laughs> voice. <laughs> oh, I think that's great. Oh, what a great story. About that. So. <laughs> yeah. But now I well, appreciate your question. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, you can, you know, we can fix a lot in, in, in post-production if you want to change the pitch of your voice. So if there is anything uh, that you want to do, let's, you know, just let me know. But uh, actually there is... Um, you know, uh, I remember listening back to some of your first episodes and and it's almost like you are at the edge of the seat, you know, yourself trying to find a way to start this conversation. And, you know, one of the things that surprised me when I started, so we say, looking around is that there is no shortage of, if not information, then at least material. And it can be very difficult to sort of sort what is what is true and what is somebody's opinion that they've made up in a basement somewhere. So, you know, what are what are some of the places where people should go and, and look for, so we say, qualified information that, that you would recommend? And that is such an excellent point. And one of the mental health experts that I interviewed was actually our therapist. And she talked about that. That was something I asked her because you're right. Our internet is a great thing in a lot of ways, but it's also a rabbit hole. And you can find all kinds of information that may or not, may not be accurate or correct or supportive. She pointed out, especially in the United States, and I don't know how the governing bodies in, in you know your country and other countries work, but you know, find a qualified professional. There are certain websites that are certifying of these professionals and they get these qualifications. So I think that that's a really good way to to look for someone. We in the United States have some really amazing organizations like the National Alliance on Mental Illness, which is called NAMI. And that's another great place to go in the United States. And again, I don't know what you have in Denmark. I have not researched that, but you know, does your, does your government, your health system, put some information out there about mental health, I would say that would be the first place to start. That should be, you know, solid, good, qualified information. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly there, there is a lot of uh, material available from, from the government here. And, and as we're saying, this is the month of May, uh, I'm seeing, you know, posters on buses and trains and, uh, on the, the great uh, interweb uh, and certainly after COVID, there was such a, an increase in many of the uh, anxiety, so we say related illnesses, uh, but we're also seeing many other numbers jump up. Uh, and, and one thing that really surprised me was this number on the number of people feeling lonely. You know, here we are, we have never been more connected, but you know, I, I never feel personally more alone if I'm sitting in a train. So. We have really good public transportation, as you can tell. So uh, if I'm sitting in the train and I'm sitting next to 100 people and everybody's on their phone, nobody's talking to each other, everybody. And you see this in, in families, with friends, between kids. And some of it is, sure, there are different ways to play today, different ways of spending time together. But, you know, loneliness is, is, is one of those cases that are really picking up. And uh, especially also, you know, the 
the elements from social media, the young people are comparing themselves. It's very easy to feel uh, too fat or too thin or too tall or too short or too something or not enough something else. So this, you know, there there, there are many ways I'm sure it can come from and, and the numbers are, are increasing. Um, I was wondering from, from your perspective, uh, what would be your advice if you have somebody in either your your close friends circle or within your family that are suffering from anxiety, what should they do? Well, there are some things that we should do and some things that we shouldn't do. And again, I've just been able to learn so much from some of the experts that I've had on the Just A Mom podcast. And one of the things that we should always do is ask, are you thinking about harming yourself? And that's one of those questions that's really hard to ask a person. And sometimes we think that, oh, if we ask them that, then we're gonna put an idea in their head or make them think that that's what we think they should do. But that's not the case at all. The experts say, ask, because if a person is thinking about it and says, yes, I am thinking about it, then that requires more questions. Okay, so do you have a plan? Have you thought about how you would carry this out? And if a person is that far along in thinking, then they they probably need some immediate intervention. And in the United States, that would be, we would call our emergency numbers, which 988 is our suicide prevention lifeline, or 911 is our medical emergency. So either of those, if I were to ask those questions of someone and the answers, you know, would follow that, yes, there's, I have been thinking about this and yes, there, here's how I would do it. Then that requires some immediate action and not to wait, you know, go to now call or go to a hospital, go to a mental health facility immediately. And otherwise, other things you can ask a person is, you know, do you want to talk about it? I, you know, tell me how you're feeling. Even if a person's not ideating suicide, you know, tell. Let's talk a little bit about what you're going through because, oftentimes, someone who's struggling with anxiety or depression or you know a myriad of other mental health issues, if they could just talk about it for a little bit, then that helps. And to your point. When we're always head in a device, we're not doing that. We're not talking. And I do, I mean, anecdotally, I do think that that is a huge reason for the uptick in our mental health issues worldwide, because we're not connecting. We're not doing this like you and I are doing right now. We're not talking face to face. I'm not seeing your body language. I'm not noticing your slumped shoulders or your, you know, you've got your hoodie on and your head's down low and your eyes are down and you've got your headphones, you know what I'm saying? And so there are certain things that I think we're just missing because we, instead of looking up, we're looking down into our phones. Yeah. The story that that you share on the podcast, the way that you found out about Will, um, you know, him writing a, a lyric, you being contacted by the school, it, it almost sounds like 
uh, you know, it's like a completely external signal to, to your world. Somebody's coming and saying something is going on. Can we do something other than talking about it? Is there something we can do earlier to, to maybe understand better? That is such a good question, and I'm so glad you asked it. I wish that I had learned all the things that I've learned in the last year and a half. I wish I'd learned this all 25 years ago when I first became a mom, because I would have parented differently. And maybe instead of Will emailing his school counselor saying, hey, I'm really struggling, he would have come to us before he got to that really low, desperate moment. And if we had talked more about mental health and given them words to use to attach to feelings and things like that, then maybe that would have played out differently and he wouldn't have gotten to the crisis point. Now, I don't say that to, you know, beat up on myself as I did a bad job or whatever. We did the best we could at the time with what we were dealing with. But that's something that I want young parents to hear and to know is start talking about this from birth. And there are some fabulous children's books out there that, you know, how do we talk about this? You know, you have a feeling in your tummy that feels like butterflies, you know, things like that that could signify some anxiety because this starts in young children. And again, if we can teach kids from a young age how to put words to it, and then some coping mechanisms when they are feeling certain feelings, then we might be able to avoid some big crises moments like what Dan and I and our whole family experienced with with Will. It sounds like the first step is to build a sense of awareness and then to develop a language uh, about it. But how about the, uh, should we say, the shame and the stigma part? Um, you know, I can imagine if you're sitting in, you know, in junior high somewhere, and people are asking why weren't you at, I don't know, PE yesterday, or where were you last week? That people are not going to say, you know, I, I was in the hospital, so and so. Any thoughts on 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 how the the kids should talk about this? Also a great question. And I have talked to people about that very thing. And Will even has told me that when he first started really struggling and he was missing some school to go to therapy and doctor's appointments, and he kind of floated it out there to one of his childhood best friends. And it was just like, oh, boom, you know, (laughs) crickets, (laughs) Uh, which is our American vernacular for, you know, no no response. I know, yes. (laughs) Uh, And that was six years ago. And then another mom that I interviewed had a a situation like that where her son had been in the hospital. He missed a week of school. And he decided that he was going to share, like, in front of some of his classes in high school, like, here's where I was, here's what I'm struggling with. And I just wanted you guys to know. And it was sort of the same response. And so that was so deflating to him. And I I don't know the right answer, but I know that if, we, if we're talking about it more and we're making it more commonplace, 
then it's going to end up being like, hey, um, I was in the hospital because I just found out I have diabetes. And so now I have to, you know, do this treatment regimen. And if you guys could help me out a little bit, if you notice anything, you know, these signs, then that would be great if you could help me with that. And it would just be as common as that. And I think, you know, we're making some baby steps in the right direction there. Uh, we have some really good programs that are happening in our schools here in my local area and in the suburb of, of Kansas City that um, are really working towards getting kids to talk about it. And I've gotten to see firsthand some of the, the teenagers in particular, and they are just there talking about mental health in a way that we as adults still aren't, and we sure weren't when we were teenagers. So I'm really encouraged by that. But yeah, we, we just need to keep doing it. And when we make it commonplace, when that is a normal conversation that we're having with our young kids at the dinner table, or you know, when a child comes home from school and you know tells us about how they're feeling or you know, or doesn't tell us about how they're feeling more often, and we can know to ask the right questions about you know, let's talk about how you're doing and how you're really feeling, then that just makes it more every day and more part of what we just do. And it's just, a, it's just gonna be a complete shift in terms of, of mind frame. And I think we're, we're headed in the right direction, but I still think we've got a ways to go as a human race. Yeah. Susie, here in, uh, in in closing, I I want to ask you uh, one of the elements that you talk about in your podcast also, uh, and we also talked about it here, is this, I'm not going to say comparison between mental health and, and f- physical diseases, things that you can see, but you also talk about the differences between curable and treatable. Uh, maybe you could expand a little bit on uh, on that for our listeners. Sure. Well, we've certainly learned firsthand from our son, Will, that his mental illness is something that he carries with him. And I like to say that he has a chronic health condition because that's what it is. And that condition requires continual monitoring and some adjustments sometimes. And that's very true over the last six years. And then I think sometimes we kid ourselves into thinking, okay, we've got this fixed, right? Oh, we'll just take care of it. Well, you know, he's going to go to therapy for a little while and, and maybe take some medicine and then it'll be over. And that has not been our story. And that's not most people's story. Sometimes that does happen and kids can get some tools or not just kids, but adults can get some tools from therapy, from counseling that help them to know how to process and, and and deal with some of the things that come up in life. But sometimes that's not how it works. And if you have a mental illness, then likely it will be a lifelong journey. And again, just like asthma or diabetes or any of those types of chronic health conditions. And people live really healthy, full lives with asthma and diabetes. And guess what? People can live really healthy, full lives with mental illness. 
And I'm happy to tell you that, you know, right now, Will is in a really good place. He's doing really well. And he's in a place where he's in more of a maintenance mode with his therapy. He goes when he needs to, and he knows, you know, when those moments are. He's still taking medication. He's had some times where he has not taken medication, but presently he is taking medication. And again, he meets with the psychiatrist every three months and they talk about, okay, this is how's this going? How's this working? Do we need to make any adjustments? So, yeah. So see, it's, it's great to hear. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So your podcast is of course called The Just A Mom podcast, which I cannot say enough times. Um, Today you were on uh, Transformations, Stories of Change, uh, where I've had many different guests, each sharing uh, their, uh, first of all, definition of transformation, sharing their stories, coming back and, and reflecting on it. That's typically what what happens here. Um, if you were to give yourself, so we say, a good piece of advice, maybe yourself two, three, four, in your case, probably six years ago, what would that be? Mm, that's a great question. Ask more questions. Mm. Ask more questions and go with your gut. If you think there's something not right, probably is, you know, and looking back there were of course there were things that we missed that we look at now and like yeah we should have acted on that we should have realized that that was a sign that will was not in a good place and so pay attention to your loved ones and your friends and if you think there's something wrong if that's what your gut's telling you then there probably is and ask questions Thank you. Thank you so much, Susie. And thank you for taking the time to, uh, in your case, get up early and uh, get ready to come on the podcast. It's afternoon over here. And it was great to uh, meet you in this in this way. I hope we get to connect uh, in the physical world sometime. Uh, I come to the U.S. Uh, quite often, so perhaps we'll meet there. And um, yes, so for now, I'll say uh, thank you so much and talk to you soon. Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transformations. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to like, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for your time and stay tuned for a new episode of Transformations. More episodes on the way.